Live from our super secret studios above Jacques' flower shop, this is Gerard at Large. Yeah, baby! Good morning, Manchester. Live and local. News, sports, politics, traffic, and weather. Rich isn't afraid to tackle the tough questions. Who told you you can eat my cookies? You talking to me? Yeah, I hear you. You had a question for me. It's all here on the Gerard at Large radio program. Hello? I'm sorry, who'd you say you were? I am your host, Rich Gerard. Thanks for tuning in. Here's Richard. Good morning, Manchester, and to those of you in surrounding towns, welcome to our one. Almost said our two. Welcome to our one of Gerard at Large. I am your feeling it Friday host, or is it feeling it on Friday? Uh, stretch, yawn. Uh, it's time to get up. Uh, I am your ever humble host, Rich Gerard. Thanks for tuning in. You can find us online at GerardAtLarge.com, and you can find us on Facebook and Twitter. Also at Gerard at Large, where we encourage you to like us and to follow us because we just want to be loved. Hold on. I'm trying to log in. I can't type and talk at the same time. Hold on. I kept getting the password to my email wrong. <laughs> It's because I was trying to tell you, wait, wait a minute, what did I just type? <laughs> oh, my head. Anyhow, um, good morning, everybody. We have a, a busy show today, and uh, it's one of those days where we're going to end up going mostly from segment to segment. Uh, coming up in the uh, next, uh, hold on a second, coming up just moments from now, we'll hear from... Uh, Albert MacArthur Jr. He is running for state rep in Manchester's Ward 8. Special election to fill the vacancy created by the death of Steve Valancourt. And then in the 7 o'clock hour, Mike Bistany joins us for Fitness Effects and Auto Care Plus joins us for Auto Care Corner. The weekend weather with Al will be in the 8 o'clock hour, as will Mark Lev. There's something called the Fenway Gridiron Series. We're going to get the details. And James Patrick Riley, the $64,000 question. Will he? Won't he? I don't think he's anywhere near those wildfires that are raging in California. But, man, I mean, those fires are burning, aren't they? Well, you know, when um, you know natural disaster hits Republican areas, you get these knuckleheads who say, oh, Florida deserves the hurricanes because it voted for Trump and Oh, Texas deserves the hurricanes because it voted for Trump, and this is God's vengeance. Remember all that? I, I, don't, I don't know. I'm, I'm, I'm missing the, the stories of outrage uh, over conservatives saying California is getting what it's deserved for being a bunch of whack job liberals who uh, have no use for the rule of law. It was just a misfire. <laughs> Uh, but I guess it's burning in wine country, huh? That ain't good. Not if you, not if you like to drink the vino. You would think, though, you would think that, um, you know, all those grapes would somehow stop the fire. But I guess it's a really bad fire. I guess, what, 23 people have been killed in the fire? And uh, apparently it's just burning everything to the ground. So not that wildfires are ever good, but what is it? Last I heard. It was, it was over 50,000 acres, and they had zero of it contained or controlled. So our prayers go out to the good folks in 
California who are uh, battling the uh, the wildfires out there. All right, so let's this. <laughs> Let me. <get laughs> I had John DePietro, candidate for school board in Ward Six, on my television show last night, and uh, some wise guy. I just opened up Facebook. Some wise guy who was watching says, uh, asked a question. He said, "Who has a higher uh, a higher five head? <laughs> you or John?" <laughs> Oh, good stuff. Anyhow, all right. Um, I don't know what I'm going to do here because I do want to talk about a couple things that are in the news. Um, but I, it looks like I'll have to maybe get to them in the top of the seven o'clock hour. Um, I do want to talk about this deal with PSNH because that is just a train wreck. I'm waiting for an email. I, I sent an inquiry. Um, I probably won't be able to report on it until Monday, but you know, everyone's beating their chests over, well, the sale of these power plants brought in 23 more million dollars than we expected. That's good for ratepayers, And it is. And, oh, uh, uh, they're going to write off $25 million of the stranded cost. That's good for ratepayers, And it is. <clears throat> but I, I do want to put something in context for you here. Public Service Company of New Hampshire, well, Eversource, just sold everything it owned in terms of making power. What did I say? For $175 million plus 83. What's 175 plus 83? That's, uh, let's do some math. So it'd be 275 minus 17, Right. I add a hundred million dollars to the one seventy-five, so seventy-five minus seventeen. Uh, that's uh, fifteen minus seven. Uh, yeah, so it's like two hundred and fifty-three million dollars, right? Two hundred fifty-eight million dollars, uh, or seven, somewhere in there. Call it a quarter of a million dollars, billion dollars. That's a that's a lot of money. Whoa. How could you not be happy with that? <laughs> well, not too long ago, the state of New Hampshire passed legislation, which depending on who you talk to, the utility either wanted or didn't want, that required the installation of so-called scrubbers at the Bow Power Plant, also known as Merrimack Station. Because it's a coal-generated, uh, coal-fired plant, and, well, we, we just can't have emissions. And I'm not saying we should have dirty air, take a pill. But for the amount of money it cost them to, in, uh, to, to install those scrubbers, they probably could have leveled the plant and built something brand new. Because it cost $450 million to install the pollution control uh, 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 devices at the Bow Power Plant. And now they have just sold everything they own or are about to sell everything they own. The closings are tentatively set for late, uh, late December <laughs> for $250 million. So the question becomes, what happens to the stranded cost? What's stranded cost? Well, it's what's left behind when you 
Well, let me put it this way. Remember not too long ago when everybody was upside down on their house? And so if you owed $250,000 on your house and you you could only sell it for $200,000, there was a $50,000 loss there that somebody had to absorb. And of course, the government ran to the rescue of the banks and the consumers and we, the taxpayers, ended up eating that cost. So stranded cost in this discussion means that when you sell all of the power generation plants that Eversource owns in the state of New Hampshire, and you total up all the cash versus all that's owed on them, if memory serves me correctly from when we were talking about this deal, how many ever years ago it was now, back in 2015, I guess, the stranded cost in this thing is going to be somewhere around two-thirds of a billion dollars. So in other words, and obviously a big chunk of that is at Merrimack Station and Bo. So while they're beating their chests over the fact that Eversource is going to eat a $25 million, $25 million of the stranded cost, they're still leaving us with $425 million of it. Oh, but don't worry. Don't worry. We're going to finance that. The state is the state is the state is going to issue low interest bonds to pay off that stranded cost and finance that. And guess who's going to pay for it? You are. It's it's going straight to your electric bill. We're still paying the stranded cost because of the forced sale of Seabrook. Take a look at your electric bill. You'll see a thing called stranded cost. Anything that you see towards stranded cost is something that the utility took a loss on, probably because the government forced it to sell something. And the ratepayers have to offset that loss. So now here's the thing about this deal with Merrimack Station in Bow. The $450 million that was spent on the scrubbers was supposed to be paid off by the sale of power from that plant, not the sale of the plant. So in other words, when they flipped the switch at Bow and generated power, the cost of that pollution control was going to be added to the cost of the electricity. Well, that made the electricity there phenomenally expensive. So guess what? Public service company wasn't really flipping the switch on that thing unless it had to. Oh, yeah, people were still showing up to work, but they weren't doing anything because they weren't making any energy. Oh, my head. So now that they're not going to sell power from that plant because they've sold the plant, they have picked up all of that stranded cost, and instead of having it be assessed on the power generation portion of your bill, look at your bill. You have two pieces to your bill. You have the cost of power uh, power supply, uh, uh, power supply, and then distribution. So they're saying, okay, well, since since we can't uh, uh, add the cost of those uh, environmental controls to the power supply, we're going to pick that up. And move it over to this side of the bill, and we're going to put it on the distribution uh, on as a distribution charge. So people like me and like many of you in the audience 
who don't actually buy our power through public service because we went to the markets and we went to, uh, you know, we're buying our power elsewhere to reduce our power costs, are going to see our rates go up as everybody is going to see their rates go up on the distribution side of the house. So the $600 million, give or take, that will not be recovered by the sale of these power plants is going to be paid for by everybody in Eversource's network because they've decided that they're going to assess those fees that that you know th- those losses on the distribution of pa- on the distribution side of the bill so only in government can you see people say wow look at that we saved you $25 million by getting this corporation to get that $25 million from their, uh, you know, to, to write off that $25 million, right? Because there's always that magical pot of money, right? The magical pot of money that says, oh, they get $25 million there. We'll just, we'll just use the magical pot of money that didn't come from ratepayers. <laughs> and we'll write off that. Only will they talk about the $25 million that they saved by getting the company to, to, to write off uh, that, you know, that stranded cost. Well, they only will they talk about, I don't know where this $300 million in savings is coming from over the next five years. But I do know, even if they took that at face value and said, oh, they're going to lower their power generation costs by $300 million over five years. Not buying it, by the way. That's that. That's half the amount of money that they've cost us by stranding that unrecoverable investment by forcing the sale of the power. So I don't know what your power supply costs are going to go down by with Eversource, but we do know that somehow we, the ratepayers are going to get zapped for 600 million bucks and only in government math, which is no doubt why we ended up passing the Common Core, is the swallowing of a $600 million cost considered a savings to the people who swallowed it. This is Gerard at Large. 